Valley family, I am really excited as we're in week number two of our series called Playlist. Uh, before we jump in, I want to share with the whole Valley family, uh, we received this major award, you know, like Christmas story, a major award. It's not a leg lamp. It's this globe, actually, last week, last Friday, from the Grow Network. It's a network we're a part of that we get a lot of uh, resources from, behind the scenes, kind of HR admin, and also uh, just just all things related to church, uh, Grow Network. Their goal is to help 1,000 churches break the 1,000 barrier uh, in terms of people, in terms of attendance. And uh, we did that in January, and then this was sent to us just to commemorate uh, the fact that we did that, uh, not Christmas, not Easter, but January of all months, uh, over 1,000 in attendance. And so we received that. It's pretty major in the sense of, uh, not that it, it weighs a lot, that too, but also because uh, statistics, kind of national statistics, 1,000 in attendance means that's larger than 98% of the churches in our nation. 98%, top 2% largest churches in the entire nation. And as I mentioned last week, uh, you know, year to year, this past January 2019, compared to last January, our church grew 46%. That's plus 392 people uh, in 12 months. And, and the reality is 94% of churches in America, and North America even, are not growing at all. And so what we're experiencing is very unusual. Uh, we need to really appreciate it. We need to give God all the glory for it. Uh, and in fact, in Hopewell, we're having some growing pains because we're running out of space in our two services uh, here in Hopewell. And so even in Poughkeepsie, if you're joining us uh, uh, from our Poughkeepsie campus or online even, uh, uh, just want to mention that, that uh, in Poughkeepsie, you'll see these shift cards, Project Shift, on every chair, actually in the cup holders there online. Uh, you'll, you'll find that. We'll get a way to put that uh, into your hands, at least uh, on social media or something like that. Uh, we're going to be explaining that a little bit later in this message because we need your help. So we don't put a cork in the bottle but we continue to allow God to bring the people that he wants to to the Valley family. I, I don't know of any church, and I could be wrong about this, I don't know of any church, uh, there's one maybe in a tri-county area, maybe even four counties, that is actually growing the way uh, that God is blessing our church and Valley. And we just want to make room for people. Before our Poughkeepsie campus opens, the permanent site, about a year from now, uh, we just want to do all we can to make room for people that God is sending. Because January and February, are not real big growth uh, months historically. Those months are coming, like March, April, May, and, and June. And so you'll be hearing a little bit more about that uh, in the context of this message, because it really has everything to do with the message we want to look at today in our playlist message. And, and the song that we want to base it on is a song by Katy Perry. Uh, and you may not know it. Those of you who are familiar with Katy Perry might be like, what? Are you kidding? What does that have to do with anything godly? Katy Perry. Well, here's the, her parents were actually uh, pastors, Pentecostal pastors. And so she grew up in the church, and, and I heard this song, someone shared this with me, and I, was, I could not believe the words that I was hearing. 
And, and so I want to just base uh, this message on this song by Katy Perry. It's called Unconditionally. And, and of course, God loves us unconditionally. We're supposed to love each other unconditionally. And, and so I want to frame it with this song for, in our playlist series by Katy Perry called Unconditionally. Let's listen to that right now.
pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, you would think, uh, you know, you, you could apply that right from the perspective of God, almost every word of it from God to us, uh, but, but how much more so it's supposed to be as well from, from me as a Christian to everyone, and you as a follower of Christ to everyone. And so there's a lot in this song unconditionally about God's unconditional love. Unlike earthly affection, God's love does not fluctuate. Uh, Our Heavenly Father doesn't care for us more at one time when we please Him and and then less because we failed Him or or we've sinned. Uh, Let me just uh, ask a question here as we get started. This whole idea of God's unconditional love, uh, how does that apply when you're feeling like spiritually dry and you have less confidence that God's going to answer your prayer? Do you realize that's a lie? When you think, oh man, I just feel dry, I haven't been doing all the Christian stuff lately, God doesn't love me, he's not going to answer my prayer. That's a lie. The only problem with that understanding, God answers my prayer based on my performance, the only problem with that is the Bible. The Bible, all the Bible. Because God's love is unconditionally. It's unconditional love. Do you believe that your performance makes our Heavenly Father love you more or love you less? If that's the fact, then God is a liar. He does not love unconditionally. Unconditional love means God says, I love you and there's nothing you can do to change that, positive or negative. There's nothing you can do that'll make me love you more. That's what true unconditional love is. And so many of us, because we have been shown conditional love, oftentimes by our parents and dads, and we project what our, how our earthly fathers or parents failed us in showing us unconditional love. We project that onto our heavenly father. And nothing could be further from the truth of who he really is. Think about this for just a minute. Again, open your Valley app. I just want to invite you. Uh, open your Valley app because I think you're going to want to look at these scriptures again. Because we need to renew our minds by the truth of what God's word says. Look at this scripture, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. The Bible says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. He demonstrated his love. How did he do it? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were totally disobeying, rebellion against him, God loved you and he loved me. It has nothing to do with our behavior. It has everything to do with God. God loves you, God loves me unconditionally. He demonstrated his love for us. While we were still sinners, we didn't think anything about him. We didn't want nothing to do with him. Christ died for us. Man, this is really encouraging to those uh, who, when when we feel like that uh, God loves us less when we fail him. He couldn't ever love you less. He would cease to be God. He would cease to be God. C.S. Lewis, a great Christian author, put it this way. Though our feelings may come and go, God's love for us does not. Our feelings, watch this now, our feelings for him come and go all the time. His love is consistent. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no shadow of changing in him. God loves you, and God loves me unconditionally. And when we allow that truth to penetrate not just our minds but into our hearts, it changes the way we relate to everyone. When we begin to understand, I am receiving unconditional love. 
from God. We can begin to extend it to other people as well. You know, that really trumps, uh, you know, Valentine's Day that came up this week. Uh, God's love, his unconditional, constant love is bigger than any day. It's bigger than any card. It's bigger than a bouquet. It's bigger than any gift. I hope my wife is watching this. No, I'm just kidding. I treated her right on Valentine's Day. I really am. I really did. Uh, But uh, God's love is unconditional. It's all-encompassing. It's eternal. And it's for every single one of us, even those that deny he exists, he still loves unconditionally. He still loves unconditionally. Let me put it this way, kind of a, a, a sticky statement for this message is so important. God and love are inseparable. God and his love are inseparable. So there's three things about God's love that I want us to look at, his unconditional love. Because first we have to understand it's unconditional. You can't separate God from his love. Anything, he's always acts in a loving way, always. We misunderstand Because we think so many times if he doesn't do what we tell him to do, he doesn't love us. Eh, No, no, no. He's God. He's not, you know, your your little servant boy in the sky. That's not not who he is. You know, we're the boss and and, and he's the one who has to do what we tell him. God and love are completely inseparable. Inseparable. So three things about God's love that are really important. Coming out of this idea, his love is unconditional, just like Katy Perry was talking about, just saying about. First one is this, God's love is sacrificial. Because his love is unconditional, his love is sacrificial. Jesus Christ surrendered his life on the cross so that you and I would have eternal life and enjoy a relationship with God while we are still living on this earth. He sacrificed everything. Jesus did by living a sinless life. God sent him living a sinless life, laying that life down as a sacrifice for you And for me, as a substitute, paying the price for my personal sins and your personal sins and rising from the dead three days later. In fact, this this was the the motivation, as we talked about last week, that U2 song, in the name of love. What more in the name of love, the lyrics said. God's love is sacrificial. This was what motivated Jesus Christ as God sent him as the Father sent him, was love for you and for me. And we looked at this last week in John chapter 15, verse 13, where Jesus said, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. He was demonstrating love, love sacrifices. What was Jesus telling his disciples? If you really love someone, you're gonna sacrifice for them. I'm sacrificing for you, is what Jesus was saying. Jesus' description of love really contrasts with what our world, our culture says. Our world says, if you love me, you'll do what I want. You know, I love you, so you need to do this for me. Jesus says, I love you, so I'm laying my life down for you completely. It's not about what you do for me. This is how you demonstrate love. This is how I demonstrate love, through sacrifice. Total and complete sacrifice. So, just think about this for a minute. How, how does the concept of sacrificial love demonstrated by Jesus, how does that kind of change the way that you relate to people that are different than you? God's love's unconditional. We're supposed to show unconditional love not only to people that we love, that think we're great, but people who disagree with us as well, who have differing opinions. 
people that are against us, we're to show unconditional love. Here's the second thing about God's unconditional love. God's love is contagious. It's sacrificial. It's also God's love is contagious. When we walk in in close relationship with Christ, God's love flows through us to those around us. It's not that we're not supposed to be, uh, could I put it this way, just a big bucket receiving God's love, just just receiving God's love for me and for you. You know what we're supposed to be? We're supposed to be a, a faucet. That God's love, we receive God's unconditional love and we distribute God's unconditional love to those around us as we're filled with his Holy Spirit. We can extend unconditional love to other people. Look at what Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says. And this is hope. I'm sorry, and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us. This is how much God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. I've met too many Christians through the, year, through the years that say they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they're the meanest, nastiest, critical, judgmental people I've ever met. That's not God. And they're not filled with the Holy Spirit because God shows us his love. How? He's given us the Holy Spirit. It's His Spirit. So what does that mean? If we're truly filled with the Holy Spirit, we love people unconditionally. That means parents, we love our children unconditionally. That means we, we, we love our parents unconditionally. That means we love our boss unconditionally, our neighbors unconditionally, people that even disagree with us unconditionally as well. And that love, when, when we demonstrate that love, it becomes contagious as we're filled with the Holy Spirit and it overflows that unconditional love of God. It, it's contagious. It draws people to us and ultimately it draws them to Him because God's love is contagious. Also look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. That is the clearest definition. Love is not something that God does. It's the essence of who he is. God, look at it there, God is love. If he ever ceases to love, if his love is ever less, he ceases to be God. It's the essence of who he is. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. What's he talking about here? Uh, Some translations of this in English says whoever abides in his love. God abides in them. What does that mean, to live in God's love? Well, what it means is this, that not only do I receive God's unconditional love, but I also distribute God's, I let that overflow in my life to impact other people, and it impacts their lives. So here's a really good question. Does this phrase, whoever lives in love, lives in God, would that describe who you are? Would your family describe you that way? You know what? (laughs) Greg lives in love all the time. Eh, I don't think so. You're married. Would your spouse say that about you? If you're a parent, would your kids say that about you? If, if If you're a kid, would your parents say that about you? Whoever lives in love lives in God and God lives in them. See, God's love is not meant for you and I just to fill up, thank you, God, you love me so much unconditionally, and then treat those around us nasty. 
mean, critical, judgmental, all those things. Does that phrase describe you? Why or why not? Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, this whole idea that God's love is contagious. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, above all, above everything else, Peter, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is speaking to Christians. He says, more than anything else, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. What does it mean to cover over someone's sin with love? Far from excusing a person's sin, it doesn't mean just excuse it and overlook it or or pretend like it doesn't exist. But covering another person's wrongdoing with love means that you show mercy, that you speak the truth in love, motivated by love and tenderness. You know that it is possible to speak truthfully and tenderly at the same time. I think it's an acquired skill. I think Jesus had it. And I think it's what he expects of every one of us. Speak the truth in love. Better way to understand that for me anyway is speak the truth tenderly, graciously, not abrasively, abruptly, loudly, and argumentatively. That's not love. Speak the truth tenderly. Forgive so that the person that has sinned will be healed, much like a nurse tenderly cares for, tenderly bandages a wound. That's what we're supposed to do. Love covers over a multitude of sins. There's a big difference between covering sin and covering up sin. This doesn't say cover up sin. It says cover sin, that you, you, you show mercy and grace and compassion and tenderness, speaking the truth. So many times, you know, uh, we, we, uh, when, when we, someone sins, what we do is we make it even harder for them to find healing and forgiveness and to be whole. Because there's something in us, so many times a, a religiosity that's like, oh, I'm going to get my pound of flesh. I'm going to make sure they hurt as bad as they hurt me. That's not love. That's not love. Love covers over a multitude of sins. That's what God did for you and, through, and for me through Jesus Christ. He covered over a multitude of my sins covered over a multitude of your sins as well through Jesus' blood that he shed. He wiped away our sins. So let me ask you this question. What wrongdoing, what, what sin that someone else committed against you do you need to cover in love this week? Above all, above everything, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. So, speaking about God's unconditional love, that he loves you and I unconditionally, just like these lyrics from this Katy Perry song. God's love is sacrificial. God's love is contagious. And finally, God's love is universal. God's love is universal. He has compassion. Watch this now on those who both believe in him and those who deny him. He loves everyone. God loves unconditionally. Those who believe in him and those that deny him, that reject him, he loves them. 
He loves you. He loves me. There's nothing we can do to change that. His compassion is on both believers and unbelievers. Luke chapter 7, verse 34, is pretty interesting, talking about Jesus who showed us what our heavenly Father is like. Look at what it says in Luke chapter 7, verse 34, about Jesus. The Son of Man, that's a reference to Jesus. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, uh, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus not only preached to tax collectors and sinners, he not only knew as acquaintances tax collectors and sinners, Jesus was friends with tax collectors and sinners. Why did I say that, tax collectors and sinners? Because tax collectors, they were those that collected tax. They were like IRS, but, but it was much, 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 much worse. They collected tax for Rome and oftentimes exploited those, like even told them they had to pay more taxes and pocketed an awful lot. They were corrupt. And Jesus didn't reject these. He, he didn't distance himself from them. In fact, it says he was called a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Some of us are so sanctimonious and religious, we don't have one friend who's not a Christian. Not one. Be like Jesus. Jesus showed love to the most unlovable people in his day and time. And the religious people accused him. How can you possibly be friends with tax collectors and sinners. You know why? Because God's love is unconditional. God's love is universal. God's love is unconditional. God's love is universal. Jesus didn't preach to these people. He actually enjoyed their company as friends. And they enjoyed his, which also, there's something to work on. They enjoyed his company. So many of us, man, we're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and boring. We think boredom, being a boring person with no, no, no real personality at all is, is like Christ-like. Not at all. Tax collectors and sinners were drawn to him, and they enjoyed him. They enjoyed his presence, hanging out with him. God's love is universal. Think about it for just a minute. Probably the most quoted verse in all the Bible, John 3, 16. That's what motivated God to send Jesus to earth. Look at what it says, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, because he loves so much, you and me, in our sin, that he gave his, only, he gave his uh, one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, this is important that we understand. God's love is unconditional. God's love is universal. Salvation is not unconditional. Salvation, forgiveness, is not universal. All roads don't lead to God. All those who believe, who receive Jesus Christ... All those who believe him, believe in him, shall not perish but have eternal life. But God wants every single man, woman, and child, every human being to believe in Jesus Christ. The scripture makes that really, really clear. It's his love. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Is he your savior? Is he your Lord? Have you received Jesus Christ as your savior and your Lord? 
You know, I, I think it's really important, even when we read this, God loves the world, God loves the, that are so, so anti-God, so against God, but God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let me ask you this question. Uh, has God given you a love for those that don't know him yet? Because he has that love, and he wants you to have that love as well. He wants me to have that love for those they don't want anything to do with him. If not, I, I think it's important that we ask him for that genuine love for them to show them how much he loves them and to share his love with those that don't love him back. Because that's what he did by sending his son. He loved the world so much, he gave. He did something about to show his love, to sacrifice. So I think it's important that we understand we are accepted by God by believing, not by earning. We are accepted by God, if we could put that up on the screen, we are accepted by God by believing, not earning his love. We believe, that's how we, we're accepted, that's how we're forgiven, but God loves every single one. Those who reject him, he loves unconditionally. Those who accept him, he loves unconditionally. Salvation, however, is conditional. The Bible makes that clear. How does that happen? We receive forgiveness by accepting God, by believing, not by earning. We can't earn it by our, uh, keeping a list of do's, staying away from the don'ts. None of us deserve God's love. But salvation comes through believing. Salvation is conditional. God's love is unconditional. In fact, the Bible puts it real clear what, what God's desire is. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, the Bible says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Jesus said he's going to return again. Uh, he, he's going to judge the world, uh, those that, that have rejected him, those who have received him. He's going to separate those two. He's going to begin again with a new heaven and new earth. This is the teachings of Scripture, not just in the book of Revelation, but in the Old Testament Jesus talked about it as well. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness. You know, people are like, oh yeah, that's 2,000 years ago. He's not, he's not gonna return. He would have already done it. Oh, wait a minute. Instead, he's patient with you. Watch this now. Not wanting anyone to perish. Why? Because God loves everyone. God's love is unconditional for every human being. Forgiveness comes through receiving Jesus Christ. God still loves, and that's why he's patient, and that's why Christ has not returned yet, because God doesn't want to see anyone perish, no one. Not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to what? Repentance. What is that? Repentance is that Bible word. When we turn from our sins, we receive what Jesus Christ did for us, his sacrifice, through his sinless life, his sacrificial death as a substitute for you and me and his resurrection from the dead. In just a minute, uh, in our Poughkeepsie campus online, maybe you can get a cracker and some grape juice or something. We're, we're gonna celebrate communion together this weekend. We're celebrating. We're identifying that Jesus lived a sinless life and he laid it down on the cross for me and for you and he rose from the dead. And we repent of our sins. What's that mean? We turn away from our sins, our selfishness, living life on our own terms, we say, God, I'm trusting you. I put my trust, I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm forgiven, not because I'm ever gonna be good enough, but because of what Jesus Christ has done for you and for me. This is why it's so important. God doesn't want anyone to perish. This is why it's so important 
kind of circling back around to where we began. This is why it's so important that we make more room here in our Hopewell campus for those that God's sending. Why? Because he doesn't want anyone to perish, and if they can't find a parking lot, they're not going to hear the good news. They can't find a parking spot. And so what we're, we're just this week, we're just introducing this idea. Next week, we're going to ask you to respond. You'll see these cards in your cup holders there in Poughkeepsie. It says Project Shift on it. And if you'll turn it over, I just want to explain what this card is, okay? Turn it over, let's look at it. We're asking every single person, every single adult that attends Valley once a month, every week, whatever it is, to fill out this card. Not this week, not now, don't fill out anything. We just want you to take it home and pray about it. Just pray about it. And so many times people ask me, man, what can I do? I'd love to help out. What can I do? This is how you can help out, okay? We're asking you to pray about this. Just f- next week, we want you to take the card and just pray about it this week. What God, what do you want me to do? Lead me and direct me by your spirit. Name, email, just check off. Next week, we're all gonna do this. Every single adult, myself included. I currently attend, just check off Hopewell or Poughkeepsie. We need to free up about 200 seats here in Hopewell is what we feel like. And so we're asking people to shift, to consider to shift from Hopewell campus, if you regularly attend here, to our Poughkeepsie campus for the next three months, March, April, and May. We're asking for a three-month commitment that you'll say, you know what? I realize it's not God's will that anyone should perish. I, I, I realize that, that, that God wants to use me to reach other people, and sometimes that means going to Poughkeepsie and making room in Hopewell as Hopewell's running out of space. It's, it's already happened. And so we're going to ask you to just check this off. I currently attend, check Hopewell. Or if you're in Poughkeepsie watching this, check Poughkeepsie. This is next week. We just want you to take a week and pray about it. I commit to attend. Here's the shift. We're hoping a lot that have that check, 200 people that have that check in Hopewell. I, I commit to attend in Poughkeepsie. And then you know what's going to happen? It's going to leave a lot of holes in terms of people serving here in Hopewell. And we're going to need to to ramp up a a lot in in Poughkeepsie. We can accommodate 200 more people a week in Poughkeepsie. We can't accommodate three people a week more here in Hopewell right now. And so the next line is, I would like to serve. And, And that should be where you're planning on attending, where you're committing to attend over the next three months. And here are the opportunities. If it's shifting up to Poughkeepsie, which we need, again, 200 people to do that, I commit, uh, I would like to serve at Poughkeepsie, and then check off one of these, our host team, our worship team, our Valley Kids. And maybe you do that in Hopewell right now, and you say, you know what, I'll go for three months. Uh, me and my family, I will go to, for three months up to Poughkeepsie. And this is going to start the first Sunday in March. It's where we're asking for this shift to take place. Don't fill it out right now. We just want you to pray about it for a week. God, what do you say? Now, here's the thing I know. There's three different responses to this card. Watch. One, majority of people, majority of people in the Valley family, you'll fill that card out. And whatever you fill out, that's what you'll do. And we're just saying, we need your help particularly in areas of service. Maybe you're, you're still going to attend here in Hopewell. You know, if you live down in Westchester County, it's real hardship to get up to Poughkeepsie. But, but it's, time to, it's time to get in the game off the sideline and to begin to serve. A majority of the Valley family I know are going to fill this out and they're going to do what they say. But, but then there's a second response. There'll be some that I ain't filling nothing out. I ain't filling nothing out. I'm not putting my name on nothing. Then the third response is this, fill it out, but don't follow through. 
Some are going to fill it out and they're going to do what they say. Some, I ain't filling out nothing. And others are going to fill it out and like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm just going to fill it out. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. That's all we're asking. We're just asking you, just say yes or just say no. And just do what you say. Just do what you say. But we need your help, Valley family. As I said, 94% of churches in America, North America, aren't even growing right now. We are. Crazy growth that we're experiencing here. We want to make room because we're now coming into this big time. It's not uncommon at all between March, April, and May for us to see an uptick of 150 people. We don't have room for them here in Hopewell. We want to make room. We want to make room for them. So that's why we're asking. This is a great way that we can serve. This is a great way that we can show love, unconditional, sacrificial, contagious, universal love of God to those that don't even love him right now. But God's drawing them. And he's waiting to see, are we going to take a step of love in their direction, even if it means clearing out a seat to make room for them? Here's the last verse I want to look at, which is so important. It's found in Psalm 34, verse 8, and I love this. I've taught a whole Bible college class really based on this verse. It's just, it's powerful. It says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Taste and see. The whole class that I, that I wrote, 10 hours of lecture and, and syllabus and book, the missional church about engaging in people and giving engaging people and showing and demonstrating the love of Jesus Christ and giving them the opportunity taste and see that God's good. Taste and see that God's good. I, I believe there's going to be 100, 100 more people that are going to come into Valley Family over the next three months. And, and, and you know what? They're going to find a place where they can park here in Hopewell. We already use four parking spots every Sunday. They're going to find an empty parking lot parking spot they're going to find a chair to sit in instead of standing in the back because we love them and we hadn't even met him yet because you love them and you're like you know what i'll do that you know i'll do that to show love for someone i haven't even met that doesn't yet love god doesn't even know god but i'll shift up to poughkeepsie so that someone else can experience what i already know they can taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your amazing love that you have extended to us, that you've extended to me. Father, I just pray, forgive, forgive us for not believing the truth about who you really are. And Lord, I pray that your life-transforming, this life-transforming revelation of your love, your affection for each and every one of us might change the way that we relate to you and would change the way that we relate to others and that we sacrifice for others, even those, Lord, that don't know you right now, but that will. 
that we will demonstrate your unconditional love for us and through us. In Jesus' name. Right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never prayed and just received Jesus Christ as your Savior, He loves you unconditionally. He gave everything that He had. He laid His life down for you so that you would receive forgiveness. The Bible says that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so right now, I just want to lead you in a prayer with our heads bowed and our eyes closed that you can just repeat after me. And I just ask you, open your heart to Jesus right now and receive him as your Lord and Savior. He loves you unconditionally, and he wants a relationship with you today and to grow every day from this day forward. Just pray with me right now. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I turn from my sins now, and I receive Jesus Christ. Jesus be my Lord. Jesus be my Savior. I ask you to lead me, guide me, Direct me from this day forward by your Holy Spirit, and I will follow you. Amen.